My name is Yasalea Moom, and this is a response to the Pitch Podcast episode titled Take a Little Ride with Coors Light. So let's just dive right into it. Essentially, this podcast covers corporate influence in the music industry. The speaker, Alex Kappelman, pays particular attention to product placement in song lyrics and primarily centers his arguments around the analysis of the song Take a Little Ride by Jason Aldean. When this song was written, the music team had no affiliation with the Coors Light brand and even used a competitor's beer in the original version that was mailed out to radio stations. Nevertheless, one week later, the song was re-recorded and the lyrics were changed from grab a couple shiner bops to grab a couple rocky tops. Obviously, this change does not directly mention Coors, but it does make reference to one of their slogans, tap the Rockies. So now you may be wondering why is this so worrisome to the speaker? And it's because now you may never know if a corporation has corrupted the songwriting process. You can argue that the intent behind music is changing in accordance with brand affiliation. The reason why this is happening is that it's simply just good business from a marketing standpoint. The relationship between bands and brands works well because when fans see their favorite musicians holding up a can of Pepsi or singing about beat speakers, the link between their favorite artists and the corporations are formed. They will buy Pepsi products in order to have something in common with an artist, or they will simply try something new because it's clearly endorsed by someone they look up to. Additionally, when the promotion is happening amongst other things, so like a song or a movie, audiences can't just easily skip over it and are therefore required to consume the content. Obviously, this is once again something that is just great for brands. Nevertheless, this is not a one-way street. Artists like to use brands too. Whether it's for exposure, an extra paycheck, or additional benefits, musicians are looking to associate with brands as well. For instance, a Pepsi partnership between Calvin Harris and Neo gave both the artists massive exposure. The pop sensation, Let's Go, was riddled with references to Pepsi and evidently helped launch Calvin Harris's career. Additionally, Chris Brown's charted song Forever is in fact a modified version of his Wrigley's Double Mint Gum jingle. His side project for some extra money resulted in an instant hit and therefore provided him with exposure and even more cash in his pocket. Similar to the points raised by Alex, when I hear a brand name in a song, I question if it's really meant to be in there or if it's just a matter of corporate influence. The speaker raised the point about the song My Adidas by Run DMC. As you may have guessed, the song is packed with mentions of the Adidas brand and it's not hard to instantly question the corporate motive behind the lyrics. Nevertheless, shoes are a big part of the hip-hop industry and Run DMC had no affiliation with the sneaker company at the time of the song's release. Seeing that a lot of music, especially rap, is about creating an authentic world for listeners, it makes perfect sense for Run DMC to reference something as relevant as sneakers in their work. In the end, the song's success did catch the corporation's eye and Adidas rewarded the brand with an endorsement deal, a commercial, and a shoe line. Once I started to really think about this example, I couldn't help but picture an old Miley Cyrus rap. She was featured on the song 23 by Mike Will Made It back in 2013. So let's just have a quick listen to the first few lines of the song.
As you can see, corporate recognition makes an appearance as early on as the second line of the song and makes reference to none other than another popular sneaker brand. So you can see that the musicians are clearly singing about partying in their Air Jordans, and not only are they bragging about having Jays on their feet, but Miley also makes particular reference to her Wolf Grays, a select Jordan sneaker with an embroidered 23 on the side. Now this explicit tribute to the Jordan brand raises the question of the role corporate influence played in the songwriting process. Unfortunately, while trying to fit into the hip-hop world and show her appreciation, Miley has been accused of appropriating black culture for things ranging from twerking to braids throughout much of her hip-hop career. Therefore, it is quite possible that her singing about the popular sneaker company Nike is much more than a paycheck to her, but rather a way of fitting into the hip-hop industry and mimicking Run DMC's approach to creating an authentic world for rap listeners. After all, it was suggested in our Negus reading that rap prioritizes Black culture and the problems of Black urban life. However, it does not deny participation in this to others. Therefore, seeing that listeners want to see themselves reflected in the music they are listening to, it is possible that Miley was just trying to blend in with this industry. After some research, it in fact does not seem likely that the musicians behind this hit song were compensated by Nike for their efforts. Additionally, the music video for 23 was also covered in blatant product placement. Aside from the obvious Nike Jordans on everyone's feet, a Beats Pill speaker spent a surprisingly long amount of time on screen, and Chicago Bulls merchandise was worn in almost every scene. This music video was honestly quite grand and most likely very expensive to shoot. Therefore, this is a great example of the benefits of brand affiliation. Partnerships are a significant source of financial capital that can be used to fund projects like this music video. So now you may be wondering, when does all this corporate influence begin to become an issue? Well, we hope that artists are never pressured to change the intent behind their music for corporate consumption. It's rather hard to believe that that has just never happened. So instead, the real problem lies in situations when audiences see something that just doesn't quite fit. This is when viewers begin to see something as inauthentic and therefore realize that this artist is just somebody else trying to sell them something else. As discussed in class, this notion of authenticity is changing and objective. We make decisions of whether or not something seems authentic based on our pre-made assumptions of what each genre of music should consist of. If something seems to be fake or out of place, it ruins our experience and pulls us from the narrative that the artist is trying to create. In accordance with second-person authenticity, performers try to convey that they know what their listeners are going through and are trying to validate their experiences. It's basically when a performer is saying exactly what you need to hear and you feel like everything they're saying is directly addressed to you. This is perhaps why hip-hop artists like Run DMC reference things that are relevant to their culture, like sneakers. These associations anchor the brand to their audience and help create an environment where their listeners and feelings and experiences are validated. Before listening to this podcast, I don't think I really understood how deep product placement in the music industry goes. It's obvious to think about naming brands in the music and corporate visuals in the videos, but this concept of obscure product placement is not something I really ever noticed before. The idea of directly naming a brand to make an association makes sense and is obvious in society. However, indirect references surrounding logos and slogans seems like much more like a PR stunt, where corporations are secretly trying to get you on their side without you even realizing it. I feel like moving forward, I will be able to pick up on these promotions better and analyze if the artist's intent is commercialization, 
simply making music, or even both. In the end, the speaker honestly shared a lot of the same perspectives as me in concern to the future of the music industry and commercialization. He used many musical snippets across the podcast to demonstrate the songs and lyrics he was breaking down. Though he was alone for the majority of the podcast, he implemented some short excerpts from other speakers that helped emphasize his points and create smooth transitions. Lastly, in the final few minutes, he quickly introduced someone from the music industry for a brief interview. Here, he summarized my thoughts and concluded that though it is unclear what the future holds, it is safe to assume that band and brand collaboration is basically guaranteed and these partnerships are now embedded in the industry. So thank you guys so much for listening and that's all I have for you today.